Today's episode is a very fairly frank one, very straightforward, nothing too crazy. We talk about James Harden and Russell Westbrook are together again. What a great, what a great, great topic. Something great to come up so we're not bored talking about nothing in the NBA. Aaron Rodgers and football, a little bit of a problem. Kind of like Chris Paul and basketball, both kind of problems. And Roger Federer, today sadly lost Wimbledon. But he's 37 years old, and the man's playing like he's as young as he's ever been, dominating tennis. Who are some other athletes, me and Josh, can kind of spitball that are still been great at age 37 or older? Some older athletes who are still gems, and it's so impressive. Before we even start the show, I watched the Wimbledon Finals today, and Djokovic beat Federer in uh, the first ever tiebreaker in Wimbledon history. How impressive. How great. Also, quick little update about Hamilton Forge. They won 3-2 against Pacific FC the other day. And coming up on August 1st, have their first game in the Champions League against some team I can't pronounce. Things are getting exciting for Hamilton Forge soccer. Anyways, Lou, let's move on to the main show here, folks. You are listening to the main event with J&J, hosted by me, Jacob Mensfeld, with my brother, Josh. Thank you for listening, eh? Let's get right to the show. just had to re-record and there is some salt so let's get this show underway the nba has decided to move away from the super team it's moved to a new type of league with dynamic duos no longer the days of the justice league or the avengers it's now batman and robin superman and supergirl someone in marvel who i don't care about teaming up with another person i don't care about in marvel this is what the nba has decided and it's because of Kawhi leonard A silent assassin in the night, roaming the streets, destroying the NBA super teams. And it's now the Dynamic Duo League. Josh is my co-host for today on the main event with J&J. Josh, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about how difficult it is to click record. Well, we got the lines now. We got the little wavy things moving saying we're recording now. I just want to say... It's so hard to click a record button, eh, Jake? Well, sometimes the hand slips a little when you go to click record and the lines don't work on the software you're using, so yes. Alright, let's talk about let's talk about some big moves happening. Well, I know the intro was very quiet heavy, but there's now a dynamic duo in the league that has no chance of winning. But they are interesting. The Houston Rockets trade Chris Paul, the man who doesn't get along with anybody, couldn't get along with New Orleans. Couldn't get along with the Clippers at the end of the day. Heck, the man couldn't even get along with James Harden, the guy they say it's impossible not to get along with. The man is just poison, and he gets traded from the Rockets to the Thunder with a bunch of picks. And in return, Russell Westbrook, the one-man army who can't win anything, except for get a lot of stats, is now going to the Rockets. Josh, what's your take on this? I When you say they can't win, I think that's not true at all. I think they actually are a team that can win a championship. We saw it when they were both in OKC with Kevin Durant. And I'd like to say they've gone a lot better than when they played with KD. And now they have better role players around them than what those OKC teams had. 
so I let you give your little spiel. All I have to say instead is, let me ask you one question. It, how many balls are there in a game of basketball? How many balls are on the court? One. Now, who? what two players on the Houston Rockets need the ball to do anything? Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So, are, are they going to play tug-of-war with the ball the whole game until one of them just jacks up a three? What's, what's, ha- what's going to happen? Okay, yeah, but is the NBA season starting the playoffs? You just picked the best eight teams. No, they have 82 games to figure out the system. And they have Mike D'Antoni, who is a coach who can deal with that. Mike, first of all, Russell Westbrook and James Harden aren't defensive players. They've never been defensive guys. D'Antoni's not a defensive coach. Their defense, first of all, is going to be paper mache, even more so than before, because at least Chris Paul could play a little defense here and there. And at least Chris Paul, at times, was a guy who was willing to defer to Harden and basically say, Harden, you want to know what? You're the star. Here's the ball. Westbrook and Harden, they're just, they're just going to fight for the ball all game. And I, like, I'm, I'm obviously being a little overdramatic here, but Josh, I think you got to factor in I here. I think there's too much selfishness on this team. I think they're both players who want to win an NBA championship, but, correct? Yeah, that is correct. I think they will find a way to play off of each other and be the best duo in the league. Okay. I think they have to attend. That's their, that's their ceiling. They wanted to play together, but I'll tell you what. When you brought up that OKC team, you understand James Harden came off, came off the bench, right? Yeah. And that Westbrook had a guy named Kevin Durant, right? The greatest player in the yeah, league right now. Yeah, I understand that, but that doesn't... I'm just saying, like, you're saying he can't win anything. They aren't going to win a title. I, I don't believe they can even come close because the West is stacked up, and now you got these two... Now, I'll be honest. Two MVPs is a good problem to have. Am I not wrong? Yeah. It's a good problem to have two MVPs on your team. But the issue with this problem is that they are both so ball-dominant. So that's that's just my issue, Josh. I I think this could be a playoff team that could be a 3 or 4 seed. But I don't see this going very far at all, especially with Utah loading the deck. The Sorry, I'm, I'm having a complete mind slip. Uh, the Lakers and the Clippers building up. Heck, even the Joker in Denver is all ready to just go all out with that team, with Jamal Murray getting his fresh new contract. I don't think the Rockets can really compete for one of those, for the well, championship. First off, you left out Golden State. Oh, sorry, sorry. The Golden State Warriors. That that was very rude of me. I agree with the greatest point guard of all time leading them. Oh, Agreed. God. Oh, God, Jacob. Oh, God. I feel like every time we talk in this show, we bring up the Steph Curry, Magic Johnson. <laughs> we have to. It's our gimmick. But let's move on. Come on, let's just keep going here. But you, you believe this Rocket team can contend? I don't see how they why they shouldn't be able to contend the last two years they have lost to the golden state warriors correct yes and do you think the warriors got better this year no do you think houston got better this year no i absolutely think they got that much worse no i think they're the exact same then why wouldn't they be able to beat the golden state warriors who lost kevin durant because look at what happened the joker and murray and denver are only getting so much better The Clippers have the best team in the NBA, and they're ready to contend right now with Kawhi and Paul George. LeBron and AD are both megastars. They're a blockbuster team. They're the closest thing to a super team in the league, even though they're not. They are a super team. They're the closest thing, but they are not. But they're ready to play. Are you telling me you'd put Houston above any of those teams, including even Golden State? I would say that Houston has a chance to beat the Lakers because that team is filled with injury problems. Lakers? Yeah. Yeah, they probably will be. I think either AD or DeMarcus is going to be out for the season by the end of it. Probably, because they always get hurt. 
I don't I don't think the Lakers are winning a championship this year. This could be a stupid prediction. I think the Clippers are the number one team right now. Yeah, they're the best team. There's no question about it because then when you factor in Lou Will... Depth. Just look at all the depth yeah, they got. Exactly. But I would put Houston as the second or third team up there, maybe behind even... You think they're better the, than Denver and Golden I think, State? I think I'd put them over Golden State, but I wouldn't put them over Denver. I love Golden State, but Houston has been the team that they should have beat them two years ago when they had Kevin Durant. The key word is should have. They fold. They're, they historically always fold. Oh, God. They folded because Chris Paul got injured. First, that. Am what, I wrong? Then what, what about when Durant went down? Why didn't they win that? When Durant went down and they had all the chips on their side of the table. I mean, they just... And then, what is Russell Westbrook, really? He won an MVP. He's a very talented player. He made it to the finals, but that was when he was very young, and he had some very good pieces. Since then, Westbrook doesn't really have much of a jump shot. The man has his teammates who help him pad stat. And okay. the I, guy, he I just don't think he's the guy who leads you to a title. I really don't think... Well, Russell Westbrook's going to be the second option. Okay. And, by the way, last since Kevin Durant left... I don't think he's had a team with the potential to beat the any like be the team to win it all. I don't think they've ever been the favorites. I don't think they've even been close. Correct. So this is the first year that Russell Westbrook genuinely has a chance of winning a championship since he had KD on his team. Okay. So Am I wrong? This is his Am best chance. This yes, this is his best chance. This is he's his had best a chance time. at a ring. But let me let me then throw this out to you. Chris Paul, sorry, Paul George was absolutely fantastic with Russell Westbrook. Had his best season of his career. Had the best season of his career. So, all I would really like to ask you is, I, I can see it elevating Harden. It may be. He could elevate him. Okay? Let's pretend it I th I think he'll take a lot of the load off Harden because... But he can't make shots. That's the issue, though. That's I, I would agree with you entirely. If I had faith Westbrook could hit open shots, and I had faith that Westbrook could find a way to make Harden that much better, but I don't think he does. Well, I think it's going to, it always helps when you have a player who holds the ball most of the game, but then you have someone to back him up and grab the ball and be a playmaker too. That's what Chris Paul was, and they just had ended up arguing in the end, but I think this is a good replacement for Chris Paul. Okay, let's move on to the next big storyline that all the media outlets are circulating. Is Chris Paul a problem? Like, he's always, he's been kind of, he's always been a troublemaker. He's always been a locker room disease. Like, is, is, is this an indictment on Chris Paul in a way? I think it's a lot like how Jimmy Butler is, how he's portrayed with teammates. I think he's not trying to be who he is, but he just wants everyone to be elevated. So he ends up coming off as a, I'm trying, we're, we're PG program here. I'm not trying to say anything, but yeah, you can fill in the blanks. Uh, well... I think, well, you know I have a background. I've taken some police courses and some customs courses. Wow. We have something called reasonable grounds. Reasonable grounds is when you have a high percentage that someone probably committed the crime. So you have a witness, right? Or you have enough evidence where there's a over 50% chance they committed it. Maybe even over 60%. All well right. over. All right, I get it. Here's what I'm saying. You get your first sample. First sample was the Hornets. That's what they were called back then. Yeah. The Hornets, 
he was uh he was a disease. He got basically run out of town because he wasn't worth the headache he was there. He go then goes to the Clippers. He starts fighting with everybody. Correct? Yep. Blake Griffin hates him. Uh De- DeAndre Jordan can't stand the guy. No one can stand him. No one cares about him. He's just a disease. Now he goes to play with James Harden. Maybe the nicest man. The absolute kindest gentleman, people say. In fact, there's a strip club in Houston he's given so much money to. He's all over the walls there. That's how nice <laughs> he is, okay? This is James Harden. And he can't even get along with him. I think any team looking at Chris Paul needs to be very, very careful. Needs to very well consider. Because he's not going to be on the Thunder. No. He's not going to be on the Thunder very long. He, They need to consider putting him on their team. And I hope the Bulls don't get him. And you should pray the Knicks don't get him. I'll take him in New York right now. Well, Josh, you take anybody. Yeah, I take <laughs> I take Kwame Brown. I mean, do we have to get into, Josh, how your favorite Summer League Knicks team couldn't even make the top eight? Should we go that's, there? That's Summer League. Sacramento won the Summer League last year and thought it was the biggest deal in the world. Uh, to be fair, maybe to, like, their assistant coaches it was. <laughs> I mean, I do want to get into more stories, but where's Chris Paul going? That's I don't know. I'm going to be real with you. Yeah, he can't even if, if give I guess. If I had to predict somewhere, I think he may be going in the East. He wants more of like a weaker domain. Or maybe if the Lakers can somehow figure out a trade for the, him. I think the Thunder are just trying to get rid of him for young assets. So Now, this would be my dream. Paul to the Lakers. It's perfect. He's got his good buddy LeBron putting his arm around him every day. Like, hey, Chris, stop being a jerk. We all love you. And then you got Anthony Davis, Mr. Chill, being like, no worries, Chris Paul. You can say whatever you want to me. I'll just take it. And then you got DeMarcus Cousins, that rascal running around being a jerk. But no one cares because du- uh, Studley, <laughs> he's keeping all the peace in the room. So everybody, no one's even in bad shape. That's the absolute perfect move, but I don't think it can happen. The only way would be if they like bought out his contract and shipped him off somehow. They bought out a percentage of it, which you can do. Then traded him, but I don't see that happening because the Lakers have no assets to give him. So you'd have to do a three-team trade. You would have to give up a lot of draft picks. Yeah, you know what? Which I, they don't have. You know what I think would be very interesting? What? This is what I'd enjoy. And this would put a team over the edge, but it would take a lot of picks and it'd take a lot of assets. So I don't know if they'd do it. I think a Chris Paul to the Mavericks is a very enticing concept. I don't think it would help them at all. They have Luka. No, no, but Luka, he can go to shooting guard. But Isn't I he think, already a shooting guard anyway? I think Luka's a lot better when he has the ball in his hands. You don't think Chris could maybe and get him more open? I don't I don't think he wants to go to Dallas. He probably doesn't. I'm just thinking from like a backs is a nose standpoint. I think it'd be intriguing. Who's their point guard right now? Well, they have a new point guard every year. Exactly. <laughs> I can't so, even think of who he is off the top of my head. It would fill that spot, but it's a terrible contract to take in considering the fact that he's going to get really old. And when he gets old, he's still going to be getting 30 mil a year. That's the downside. But then the question becomes, how much do you believe in Porzingis and Doncic to be great, to elevate him, even with that bad contract? I don't think they'll elevate him that much. Do they need he's... another piece? Does Dallas really need another piece after they get Chris Paul, theoretically? I think, I think they just need to wait for Porzingis and Doncic to develop. develop and grow as players and then they can win you the ring. You don't need to gamble in a Chris Paul that will just take up cap and take up possible free agents in the future. Because in two years we're about to have 
the biggest, like we're going to have a huge free agency, possibly bigger than this year's. With Giannis on the line, right? Exactly. And all these other big boys exactly. all ready to come out, get some new contracts. Exactly. So I think you wait till then and save your money. Don't waste on Chris Paul. This might be insane. What if the Bucks somehow did some absurd move to get Chris Paul? Would he make them the best team mm. in the league? I'm just asking theoretically. Like in a pretend world, they find a way to get Chris Paul and the Bucks. Well, does, does that make them better? I don't think Chris Paul really makes any team the best team in the league just the way he is. The problem that he is. But from like a player-on-player player standpoint, they would be maybe the top people in the East. Exactly. I would still, I'd maybe put Philly still in front of them, but they'd definitely be like up there in contention because we saw what happened to Giannis in the playoffs this year. There was Colin Coward show had like this crazy trade that was like Simmons for Chris Paul. Wow. It was like this absurd deal, but you know, the more I think about it, the more that might actually be the ultimate great move for both teams. Imagine Simmons now in OKC with all these picks around him that are going to make him great because we know what Simmons is, right? Let's pretend he gets a jump shot and now he can make a few jump shots a game. He's, he, we know what he is now. He's just a driver. He's like a mini version of Giannis. But a Chris Paul on the Sixers. I don't know if that intrigues you. Like Colin Coward's guest, I forget who he was when he brought this up. Colin Coward said he's going to be sleepless for six nights thinking about it. What does that entice you or no? I think Philly likes the spot there and I think they like Simmons. Yeah. I don't think they can make that trade. Simmons and Embiid, as we've talked about many times, I think are incompatible. They're just I they just won't work ever to their potential. I how have they been incompatible though? This because year, what they do wrong this year. What they did wrong, first of all, they couldn't beat the Raptors. That the champions Raptors? Yes, they couldn't beat the champion Raptors. I don't think the Raptors are that good either, but they're still young players. Like Next, next. Simmons is a driver. He has no jump shot. Do I have to go over Australia again and all that no, talk? No, no, I understand. But Embiid and him have similar play styles in the sense that they need to be down low with the ball. And I'll tell you what, if you made Simmons maybe a power forward, I don't think it'd work better. I don't think Embiid is just necessarily an inside player. Embiid can drive, Embiid can yes, shoot. But do you want Embiid on the three-point line? Because I really don't think you do. I don't mind Embiid on the three-point line if he has their center there. He needs to be down low. If they have... if. Now with the team with Horford, I'm fine with them gonna... shooting threes if Horford's down oh. low and Ben Simmons is down low. I think you become a madman all of a sudden. What's wrong with that? Having a one of the top rebounding centers in the league down low still. Look, I think it's very clear. Embiid and Simmons, in my mind, just isn't going to work unless they can... May maybe in your world, Horford makes them better. But Embiid's a down low player. Embiid's a down low player. And Hortford maybe opens up the court a little bit. But is Horford really that great of a listen, shooter? Horford can knock down open threes. That's about it. But listen, we're going to have this conversation when playoff time comes around again. Okay. So now do you want to go to the we're next going, topic? We can talk about if Simmons and Embiid. But until the season starts, you're just repeating the same things you've always said. The Sixers are the best team in the East. I think you're very Can you wrong. argue that? Yes. Milwaukee is better. Milwaukee got worse this year. Giannis? No, they didn't. Giannis Mil is only getting better. Giannis is only getting better. Milwaukee lost two of their biggest pieces and? in their run this year. And you think Brogdon was one of their biggest pieces? Brogdon's one of their most consistent players. 
Bro my boy. I think you're a little off on this one. I think Milwaukee is only getting better because they're only going to develop better. Brooke Lopez is getting old. Brooke Lopez is great. Brooke Lopez is what Embiid could be if he keeps Brooke training. Brooke Lopez will shoot you out of the game. What? Did you he, really just say that? Yes, I pulled a LeVar and I said that. Brooke Lopez shoots to keep you in the game sometimes. Brooke Lopez is a chucker. He's become Russell Westbrook at a big man position. <laughs> Had enough of these takes. Let's move to NFL. So, we got a few little NFL stories. Okay, so you don't want you don't want to do the NFL stories, Josh? Are you putting your foot down? All right, here? let's do the NFL stories. So this is the big story: Aaron Rodgers. He can't get along with anybody. His coach is fired. His new head coach basically says, oh, "I do most of the audibles." Aaron doesn't get a lot of freedom at the line of scrimmage. I have a question for you, and we'll even relate it to basketball. Is this stupid not to let your star player have full reins of an offense when he's been around for so long? As a quarterback, he should always have reins of the offense. But he's getting micromanaged right now. Like, is am I the only one who thinks this is absolute insanity? Being a Bears fan and hating Aaron Rodgers, I think it's insane not to let the guy kind of do what he wants. I think you should... Aaron Rodgers has won a Super Bowl. Exactly. You should let him do whatever he wants out there. You have an offensive coordinator to call the plays... And to help Rodgers out in his decision-making. But Aaron Rodgers should be calling the shots. Agreed. Couldn't agree more. But a lot of people a lot of people hate Aaron Rodgers. He's had like zero teammates defend him. Apparently he's a massive jerk. Maybe the coach is just trying to put him in his place a little bit. I understand like being humbled, but you still have to understand he's the most important person on your team. So we got one final story. Okay. This will be three minutes, so don't worry. It's a tennis story. You care about tennis, don't you? I love tennis more than anything in the world. Who's your favorite tennis player? Um, what's his name? Nadal. Okay, so you're a Nadal guy. Today was the Wimbledon final, as you definitely know, correct? Yes. And you definitely know who won, correct? Yes. Djokovic. Yeah, I Beat knew that. Federer. Yeah. In the first ever tiebreaker in history. Wow. In the Wimbledon. Djokovic made a huge comeback to beat Federer. Can we remind everybody that Federer is 37 years old, making it to a Wimbledon final? How impressive is that? I just I, I just want to talk about this for a sec. Is there ever been an athlete at age 37 playing at a high level like Federer is right now? Besides maybe Ken Griffey in baseball or something? Can you think ever of a basketball player or a football player at age 37? Says maybe Tom Brady I was, as well. I Tom Brady was the only thing I could think of. I was going to say Tom Brady just did that at 40. Exactly. I but, think that's more impressive. No, but tennis is a young man's game. Ten, tennis is, but at the same time, Federer is one of the greatest tennis players of all time. Possibly the greatest. I You can say he's the greatest, correct? Maybe. He probably but, is. I mean, there's other greats. But, like, heck, even Nadal. At the end of the day, people argue who is better, Federer or Nadal. And people are going to say. What's their record against each other? Their record? Uh, Nadal usually has a... He has a way better record than him on clay. Like at the French oh, Open. yeah, true. Because... But, like, but like on all the other tours, usually Federer has his number. Oh, okay. So, tennis is a lot based on just, like, where you're... The type of court. The like, Nadal court. owns the clay. He never loses a French Open. But why? Why does that matter? Because that's the style he plays. That's just where he... Because oh. clay... It's, every court has a different feel to it. Like, okay. the grass at Wimbledon plays a heck of a lot different than the U.S. Open on that type of 
surface. Yeah. Like, we've only played in our lives on the U.S. Open kind of style. And the Australian Open's the same. But then you have Wimbledon on the grass. So the ball is a different speed and a different bounce. And then the clay makes it a lot faster. So everything's at a much faster pace. All right. That's some tennis ideology right there. Tennis master Jacob now has informed you. Oh, Tiger Woods. Who did him? He's on a Federer whole level. You should make a tier list about this. Old athletes, tier list. Alright. You've had enough, haven't you? I've I've had enough ever since you said tennis. Give me your closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Ben Simmons is going to be able to shoot threes and Magic Johnson's the greatest point guard of all time. You know, if I didn't think you were trolling, I'd argue with you. Everybody, that's the main event with J&J. We're going to run the conclusion. Thanks everyone for listening. And take care. You just listened to Benchwarmers Club Sports and Entertainment Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope you listen again. Until then, God bless, praise Christ, and thank you for listening to the show.